Dude, this is actually so cool. Like, I, I already want to start a podcast. How yeah. much are the headphones cost? Uh, like, I don't even want like a podcast. I just want to talk like this for the rest of my life. Dude, <laughs> if my voice sounded like this, we could definitely start a podcast. I could be a radio host like this. <coughs> you could, Austin. Like, no, m- now oh, look at him. God. No, no, look at, hey, hey, look at him now. Now he's trying super hard <laughs> to act relax. Like on a podcast arms up. <laughs> I've been shooting ducks since I was two. I was carving decoys since I was three. We could have sound effects here. After the five top cars showed up, play this That's one. how the Joe Rogan experience starts. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Campus Waterfowl Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Christians, and this week on the podcast, I am sitting here in in the dorms uh, at North Dakota State College of Science. Is that yeah. correct, guys? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Nailed it. So this was a last-minute trip of our kind of a last-minute planned trip for our Collegiate Waterfowl Tour, second trip of the season. We're here in North Dakota. It's the second week of the the resident uh, duck o- duck season and the in the opener weekend of non-resident duck season. I unfortunately am not shooting this weekend, um, but these guys uh, were gracious enough to let me come up here for the weekend, hang out with them, um, crash crash in the dorms with them, and and just have a good time. We had a good hunt this morning. Did a lot of scouting. We're seeing some birds um, conditions wise up here. I think we're going to talk probably talk about in the podcast a little bit more in depth but before we get talking about these guys' background stories and everything that we're doing this weekend um, first have to thank Ken Cartridge for supporting the Collegiate Waterfowl Tour Uh, they actually have a new uh, load this year it's called Fast Steel Plus which is a stacked load Uh, this weekend we're actually shooting two fours and I I'm sure it's going to get brought up in this episode (laughs) about uh, some of their these guys' initial uh, reactions and kind of thoughts on the ammo from this morning's uh, hunt. So also we have to thank Benelli USA for supporting the tour. Uh, Super Black Eagle 3, the M2, the the old reliable is what I call the the Nova, Supernova. So um, very, very fortunate to have two great sponsors to support what we're doing this hunting season, support Campus Waterfowl, and then also more importantly support the students um, that are the, the people that are kind of obviously representing the next generation and they're the ones doing all the work and putting in a lot of work to get go out there go hunting but then also doing the research and doing the fundraising for conservation as well so thank you for to ken cartridge and benelli for supporting campus waterfowl greatly appreciate it some housekeeping things uh we're in full swing here at campus waterfowl with the collegiate waterfowl tour this being only the second trip of the of the season uh, of our probably 12 to 13 trips that we're going to be going on. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of content coming at you guys on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all those platforms, obviously. And a uh, lot of lot of good stuff planned. I think we're going to have some diverse hunting on this year's tour and uh, something that I think you guys are going to look forward to. One thing that I should bring up is how I kind of came about to finding this North Dakota State College of, of Science. And how I ended up here this weekend. Oh, I think that'd be a good question for AJ. AJ, do <laughs> uh, you want to? Before we get into introductions, AJ, you, you want to kind of describe how I ended up coming here this weekend? Yeah. So I was I was literally sitting in class and I was just scrolling through TikTok and I happened to click on your story and I seen that you just like posted, "Hey, I need a I need a place to hunt this weekend." No plans fell through last minute. So I was like, "Ah, oh, it's a shot in the dark." But I'll just send him the name of my campus. So I sent it to you and. I just went back to whatever I was doing, and I looked at my phone, and I was like, holy crap. He DM'd me back, 
And then I think we just kind of started talking, and he was just asking me how the hunting was up here, and then we just stuff kind of got rolling from there. For sure. Yeah. And that was Wednesday. And Wednesday. Right yeah. now it's Saturday. So it's Saturday. It was very last minute. <laughs> that was just a few days ago. Yes. And, um, yeah, and that and that's obviously like we all know it's it, that's hunting where like you really don't know if you're going to be out in the field um, until probably that Friday night beforehand. So um, being able to yeah change change on a dime uh, reach out to my audience and get some responses real quick and be able to have a uh, change of plans and have it be able to yeah all come together super last minute i can't thank you guys enough for for uh, letting me come up here and, and highlight you guys so um and of course like don't don't act like don't don't be surprised when i message you back i try to get back right. to as many messages I mean, as, as possible <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was like crazy. Like AJ called me in class. He said, yo, I think, I think campus waterfall might come up here and home with us. And I'm like, what's well, like, no way. And I don't know. We were, we were all just shaking in our boots. Just waiting. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy thing to think like, oh my gosh, like someone that you've been watching, like waterfall industry and that they coming up and like, hunting with you. That's just a crazy thing to think about. And it, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like when I was in college, I, I would have thought the same thing where it's like, yeah, like, you know, big page or whatever you want to want to call it but it's like having that opportunity for to take someone out that you've kind of watched on social media and things I, I definitely would have acted the same way but now being in the position i'm in it's just kind of fun to hear that it's like like i don't want you to think like i'm anyone special like i'm just a guy that's running just a social media page i guess that's has some success so um but no, I think let's get in some introductions. Uh, AJ, you want to start us out with kind of um, your background and who you are and what you're doing here. Yeah, so uh, my name is AJ Miller, and I'm originally from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and I came to NDSCS to study electrical and then get that and head into the workforce. Um, I'm Austin Ryder. Um, I'm from Melrose, Minnesota, and uh, I'm here for John Deere Tech, so two-year diesel program, and then after that, Work in the diesel industry. See what happens. I'm Jack Ellering. I'm here for the HVAC program here. Uh, Two-year program, nice and simple. Get you a good degree and then get into the workforce, start making some money. Nice. My first question, too, especially for AJ and you two as well, like you guys are all out of state. Uh, we're in North Dakota here. Um, was it the program that brought you here or was it the hunting? <laughs> um, well, for me, it was... There's only a handful of schools that kind of offer, like, an electrical program like this. Like, not too many really offer, like, even two-year schools don't really offer a electrical program like this. I know that two-year tech by me, they don't offer an electrical program. So that kind of mixed with, you know, my love of hunting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, North Dakota's got good hunting. I've hunted out there before. I would love to go out there and hunt long-term and then also go to school to get a degree. So I just, it was kind of a no-brainer to come here. Yeah, for me it was probably, well, the um, diesel program here, all three or four of them, they're known for being some of the best in the country, I one could argue. Um, but, yeah, the waterfowl hunting was definitely a part of my choice, um, knowing that it was a possibility if I wanted to on the weekends that I could go hunting and see, uh, just experience it, experience something different from central Minnesota hunting. Yeah, I would say waterfall was definitely one of the biggest reasons why I came out here. I mean, the program is great out here, and I would probably, if I wouldn't, wouldn't have cared about hunting so much, I probably would have just went to Alec Tech or something, but mm -hmm. 
it just it's North Dakota is a whole different animal when it comes to waterfall hunting, and it definitely draws a lot of attention. So <laughs> get some good res get resident license here, and that's a pretty big win when you come here to college. So. And you guys are all first years here, correct? Yep. yep. You guys had some experience coming in with waterfowl hunting, I I'd assume. Like, have you guys? What what are your what is your backgrounds with waterfowl hunting? I've been I've been waterfowl hunting since a young age. I know these guys talk about diver hunting. I since me being from Central Wisconsin, I haven't done a whole lot of diver hunting, but puddle ducks, geese, flat field hunting is really big for geese where I am. Mm-hmm. So I, that's my background. I kind of dabble in. Puddle ducks and geese. So surprisingly enough, I my, none of my family members, my dad, mom, none of them actually hunted at all. So um, I kind of saw people doing it, and I was like, that looks fun. I want to do that. So at first I started, like, you know, uh, figuring things out on my own. I'm like, yeah, that ain't, that ain't going to work. So I got some advice from some really helpful people. Um, but, yeah, for me it was really um, a new world coming into uh, middle school and high school especially, the whole waterfowl hunting thing. Waterfowl has been a part of me f- since I was born. I feel like my dad was huge into it with all his buddies, and I just I loved it all the way from the beginning, and he just kept me very enthused in it, kept me engaged, and taught me the good sides of it. A lot of There's a lot of hard work that goes into it, but the reward out of it is just so big, and it just makes you feel so good, and it's hard not to love the sport. And, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just <laughs> it keeps me coming back every season. Right, right. Jack and Austin, um, for for you guys, so you guys mentioned you guys did go to high school together. Yep. Did you guys know that you guys had waterfowl, like you both enjoyed waterfowl hunting, and did you guys go on hunts together throughout high school? We never really hunted together, but we, we knew that each other yeah. hunted. But was it a big high school too, I guess? Uh, it was like 100, 100 kids. 100, yeah. Okay. yeah. 100 graduating class. The thing about like where we've come from, it's like we don't have like fields of geese that are just stacked. Like we, It's so hard to hunt. Like, you're hunting groups of like four or five. So like I had like my group of friends and there's just a whole bunch of group of friends that just kind of hunt ponds. And like I did a lot of diver hunting. It's hard to fit a lot of guys in a boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, we had a few occasions where you get a lot of geese, but you never could really get on the fields with like a lot of, like you couldn't pile your classmates into a field. Like there just wasn't enough birds in the area. Mm-hmm. And there's, yeah, it's, it's just different circumstances. But I mean, we've knew each, the high school we went together, everyone waterfall hunted and we all were, showing show each other pictures and come home on class on monday morning and be like oh look, how'd you guys do this weekend and everyone was super mm-hmm. enthused and yeah it was a great community to be in oh yeah that's kind of to continue on with that it's like when you when you say like a lot of your classmates waterfowl hunting i feel like not too many other people could say that around the country where a lot of their the classmates would waterfowl hunt oh it's 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 definitely popular like once you start getting, like, from St. Cloud, the further west you get, I feel like it's really more popular. Like, mm-hmm. once you get up to Fergus here, it's it's crazy. A lot of the kids, like, if you're from Fergus and you don't hunt geese, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I I've, I guess it was always just fought natural for me. I never really thought much about it. But there's definitely some good, I feel like with all Minnesota, with all the lakes, there's a lot more areas to get out. So you might not realize that there's as many hunters because you're more spread out. And, like, if you're, like, from Wisconsin, you didn't have as much water. So there's all the birds are kind of more compact. So it's, everyone's kind of in one little area. And AJ now, so you you come out here. How the how in the world did you guys meet? We the moving day. This moving day. We I knew the names of them, and I had I had like looked them up on Instagram, you know, just to make sure they they were like <laughs> kind of cool guys. And I just I saw that most of them waterfall hunted. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll get along with these guys just fine. Nope. Was it enough to? Was it like so? This was bef- 
you guys met before moving day or like on oh, moving no, move day? Move day. I have I, the only one I knew was Austin coming into it. We mm-hmm. actually lucked out pretty good. All our roommates are great, and I mean, yeah. we all have very similar interests. So. Did you guys do like I know some colleges do like those similarity tests kind of mm-hmm. before coming to college? Not really, I think you kind of just luck out because with the <laughs> two year with the two year program, everyone I mean you kind of attract the same kind of people. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think they might have just like put a lot of the kids from out of state been like oh these kids are out of state they'd probably get along good and they put us all in a room I mean, they put us in a room with a packers fan so i don't know really what they were <laughs> all right all right <laughs> no i think it's it's cool yeah how just college campuses can bring people from different parts of the country together and and still even by luck uh have similarities and especially um in the outdoors and, and more specific, specifically waterfowl hunting and we're kind of on this this track about roommates here. Uh, there's you guys are kind of in a college apartment dorm kind of building here. Um, and there's is it eight roommates yeah, total? Yeah. Yep. So there's four rooms off of one giant common room that we're in right now. Um, and then each room has two people in it. And does everyone waterfowl hunt in this? Um, I think I think, I think everyone would, everyone would want to if they got the chance to, but a lot of a lot of the kids aren't like. Yeah, we're probably we're probably like us three are the main like hardcore. Yeah, Ethan, Ethan, Ethan over here, he hunts a lot. He, yeah, he yeah. hunts, but, but he, he usually goes back home. Yeah, to he's hunt he's only in, he's right in DL, so he's not very far away. Yeah. So he drives home a lot. But I mean, he, he shot a limited duck right before class the one morning. <laughs> Almost got struck by lightning doing yeah. it. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, he shot a really nice greenhead and some redheads. I mean, oh, I that was sick. Yeah, it was a it was crazy. I kind of wish I would have went with him, but. At the same time, I need to catch up my sleep. It's been a hard it's, it's past been, it's been a long week. <laughs> Did you guys do a lot of the early goose too in, in August? Uh, we no. tried. We, I don't know. I think we kind of had one experience, and it just wasn't that good. And we were just yeah. like, let's just wait till duck opener. It, it, when we got out here, so we moved in the weekend after. So the weekend before we moved in, that was like opening day. And there was a, a lot of people. Like I had people from back yeah. home posting on their store. Like hey, everyone was stacking up the geese out here. When we got out here, all the geese. I mean, you drive past a field, the geese will be sitting on the other side. They're not a single one of them is feeding. They all got their heads up looking at the truck on the road. And like, mm-hmm. so you could tell the birds were pressured already. And we got into one field where we had a chance, but it just didn't really work out. Yeah. And there was another group trying to hunt the same birds. And it was, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a very good goose hunter at all. No, I. Yeah, <laughs> I struggle definitely. with the geese a lot. I. I like my ducks better. <laughs> like I, think, ducks. I think we all kind of just like our ducks better than our geese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of our, like, we met some friends up here from now, from Fergus, and they run pits out there, and they, they the one kid knows how to goose hunt, so hopefully oh we can, he can teach us the ropes. I wish I wish he came with us. I swear every time that kid touches a call, it's just God's voice coming out of the <laughs> yeah, call. It's, it's insane. He picked up my... Uh, Fifteen dollar Walmart call. <laughs> the and power made it, clucker. Yeah, the zinc power clucker made it sound like it was like a a multi, like yeah, a expensive. Yeah, made call. it sound yeah. like he could compete um, professionally <laughs> with it. And I was yeah. like, how can you do that? Yeah. I, I was just amazed. Amazed is an understatement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a skill to goose hunting. It's yeah, yes. both side duck hunting, goose hunting. It's both they're both different kind of birds, and each one of them act differently. And you kind of gotta know your bird and kind of whichever one you specialize in is kind of the yeah. one that you do a lot of hunting so mm-hmm. what are you so I, I like this this conversation that we're having um so with let's start with the goose hunting what are some things that you think that you might want to get better at that you see like that having that skill set makes a big difference in the field yeah i would i would say the one thing or there's two big things that i would think i need to fix is one i don't have like nearly enough decoys to like 
hunt some of these huge fields with geese in. And the other thing is, like, I can goose call, but uh, you get out there with some of those guys, and they, like, know how to, like, talk to the geese and, yeah. like, convince them all the way. Like, I can blow my call, and it sounds like a goose, but, like, just being able to communicate with the geese back and forth and getting them to, like, commit right where you want them, mm-hmm. it just some of those people just know how to talk mm-hmm. to the geese, and that's one thing that I think I need to work on. Like, not just blowing the call, but actually knowing what the geese want to hear and where when to use it, I guess. Yeah, that's that's probably – those are probably the bigger ones for me. I would say instead of, like, getting more decoys, for me, it would just be, like, learning how to set up a spread for geese. Because I just – I don't really hunt geese that much, but I just want to learn, you know, how to set up a spread for geese and how to call for geese because I'm not that great of a caller. Yeah. I think, yeah, for geese, it's – you're doing – yeah, kind of like, like what you – what you said where you're communicating with them and so like when you communicate you kind of got to be able to read them as well um and i think that just comes with time uh being able to watch and seeing how the birds react to your calling and um eventually hope hopefully they they commit to your, yeah. to your uh, decoy spread uh, but so then on the flip side let's talk about duck hunting what are some things that you feel like have that you have specialized in within the duck hunting world that maybe set you apart from others honestly the it's not decoys it's not calling or anything it's just being able to like work for some of the spots like some of the spots that i've hunted like out in minnesota it's it's pretty hard to get some of the state land back there like it's long like i think last year i walked like two and a half miles through a muddy swamp to get back to the ducks and it was like pain on my ankles (laughs) and ducks i mean if you were the one duck where the ducks want to be you put your decoys out there in your spinner and it's pretty much game over you can't I don't know. That's I mm-hmm. think being on the X for ducks is probably the biggest thing, mm-hmm. and being able to put in the work to get to the ducks, even if sometimes you can't drive in, sometimes you gotta walk in or stuff like that. Yeah, probably the same thing. It's just you know putting in the hours to find the birds. You just gotta work harder than the other people that want to hunt mm-hmm. the spot. And sometimes even though you work harder, it just doesn't it happen. Falls through. Yeah, mm-hmm. had that happen today. I found that out <laughs> yeah. this weekend. Yep. No, you guys, you guys put in the work, and it's I think big thing right now is the conditions and too like we're at the weekend after duck opener where a lot of these birds did get pushed around and it's a matter of trying to find them now and and waiting for that next kind of push to to get here i would say like i call them kind of like the local migrators where we're not really at the we're not still at the local ducks but we're at the ducks that came from maybe like a few miles away Mm -hmm. so they're still like local but we haven't got like the push of birds that have once the birds get here that like they have no idea about the land they just they just migrated in those are the birds that get easier to hunt when these birds they're they're smart they you know can tell they know the public land they're gonna get shot there, yeah. so they don't go there yeah yeah and it doesn't it should note too like it doesn't help that you guys just got dumped on by a bunch of rain so there's yeah there's yeah. water like temporary kind of wetlands and just water yeah. watering areas just scattered throughout the fields and just across the the landscape where these ducks can just yeah. it doesn't take much for that for probably 100 200 ducks to sit in so yeah, and they're more spread out, like you said. Like they're not compact to one little pond. No, they're spread right. out between all these different fields, little five packs here and there, and it's hard to yep. piece all those together. Yeah. And with the landscape being a little little hilly, it's like you're not gonna be able to see every spot yeah. of, of the area from from the road. So, yeah, no, it's just the way. That's hunting. Yeah, <laughs> it's hunting. It is hunting. <laughs> how it is. <laughs> so, um, so another topic is. So you guys all come to North Dakota uh, for the first time this year, or I guess you guys have maybe some experience a little bit. Uh, I've never waterfowl hunted in North Dakota, but I've pheasant hunted and mule deer hunted in North okay. Dakota. So, but so what was it like going from high school to college, coming out here to a whole new area? What was that like? 
Well, I would say, so where I'm from, it was, all the landowners did not like the college kids because they would, there was, the, you know, there'd be that couple of kids that would make a mess and leave a bad image for the rest of the college kids. And now coming, and then I was a local kid, obviously, so they loved me. They would give me permission for that land. And now coming from being a local kid to being one of those college kids that the farmers don't necessarily like because other kids have given us a bad image, it's just kind of like, well, now I got to do my part to stand apart from the other kids. That way that I can get permission from the farmers and all the other people that own land. Yeah, I would say with AJ, like, coming from a small town, you kind of knew everyone. You, The birds around this field was like, oh, I know whose field this is. And now, like, it was like, oh, you're looking on Onyx, you get the last name, and then you're trying to find where they live. You're trying to find their numbers. And it's just it's a lot more work because you don't have the local community kind of. Yeah. it's Another thing is, like, if you're if you're a local kid and you're asking for permission, like, you don't really know the guy, but you're asking for permission, you can at least, like, strike up like start Relate small talk somehow, right yeah. like yeah yeah you know this guy or hey you went to this event last week where in north dakota we don't really yeah. i we don't really know anybody we don't know any events so it's like just kind of getting straight to the point like hey can we mm-hmm. hunt your field you know you got to kind of like figure out your own way to make small talk mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think the hardest another hard thing is like he said like a lot of sometimes hunters get a bad rap like someone drove in their field and run it up or they left the garbage everywhere and it's hard to like say like, get your point across that you're not going to do that without being, like, like without asking permission first. Usually it's like, well, can we hunt? And it's just no before you can, like, explain yeah. yourself. Like, it's like, well, we won't, we won't, I know it's muddy this weekend, so we won't drive in your field. Like, we said that when we went and asked permission. It's like, we know it's muddy. We'll stay out of the fields and stuff. We don't want to run it up. We'll just, we just want to get in there and get on some birds. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's hard to get your point across before the landowner's already got his mind made up. Right. And, like, he said, if you're any guy here, like, it's hard being a Minnesota place. And he's like, yep, the blue planers. Like, <laughs> it's definitely known around here where a lot yeah. of the farmers don't really like the blue platers. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Just a few people give us a bad name. But, I mean, there's a lot of – there's way more people out there that are giving us a good name than I would say a bad name. But it's just a lot easier to give it a bad name than it is a good name. Yeah. 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 I think um, – so what are some things that you guys did to kind of get used to the area? Because it seemed like – like trout going around with you guys scouting this weekend, you guys definitely knew where you were going. I would just say time. I mean, oh, me and AJ have put some miles on. We I feel like I think we've driven every gravel road between here and there. <laughs> Was it a lot of like even like how far out before hunting season were you guys scouting? Fields? I mean, we were looking at Two ducks. Weeks. We were looking at ducks. We should have been looking for geese. We, we were, we were, we were stopping looking, at, looking the at the ducks. We were drooling over the ducks before, like, three weeks before it even yeah. we thought about it. Sun, sunset was coming. It's like, oh, we haven't found any geese yet. We've been looking at these ducks all yeah, day. Like, <laughs> we better find some birds that we're, like, trying to hunt, not just yeah. these ducks. But it definitely helped out. Put some pins down on Onyx, and then opening weekend came around. We drove yeah. around. We we, we kind of knew where we wanted to go right yeah. away. We drove right out there, and we, we were pretty much well, dead actually, set. The first time we went scouting for geese early season, we found this pond of amazing duck it was it had so many ducks in it and we ended up hunting that for opener and yeah. that's where we shot our limits yeah we did good two days out of there two limits out of there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think it's one one fun thing to watch this weekend was um so yeah we we did we did a lot of scouting friday night and also this afternoon saturday afternoon um i can't remember how many probably asked for permission what a handful of times which uh, house up, up to, yeah, <laughs> yeah up to going yeah. up to the door talking talking to a farmer but uh, a lot of the times, it was fun watching the the possibility of bringing up like your guys's majors and what you were doing. Especially, um, 
Austin here with the diesel mechanics. Like he, he was always look striking a conver- look, trying to look for a well, way I'm to trying talk. To, I'm trying to find a way in, make the farmer like actually relate to us exactly. A bit yeah. more. Yep. Like yep. If there was one farmer he was working on a piece of equipment, and I'm like asking what he's doing, you know, and he's talking to me, and I feel like that kind of made him lighten up a little bit and mm-hmm. actually talk to us better and not be so blunt i guess yeah we actually like it's once you get like a conversation going that's not just about hunting we were starting to talk about like the pheasant hatch and, like you yeah, could tell he yeah. wanted to like, he was he loved the pheasants he said that he, mm-hmm. fe- he was feeding them in his yard in the winter and he was happy to see him hatching we were like yeah it's like it was a good hatch they had a good season and stuff and you just gotta find the sweet spot yeah and it, it wasn't just about like hey can we hunt your land and then yes no one leave it was like yeah. a conversation we were trying to carry it out mm-hmm. so it's it's good to see like we the Last place that we went and asked permission for that lady that answered, she was so nice. Like it's it's good to see people like that are still willing to give chances. Like yeah. we even we ended up calling them back because we switched our we switched spots where we wanted to hunt. It was the same property. We just wanted to switch the area a little bit. And the one road he was like he didn't really want he didn't know people were driving down there because the, it was a bean field. And we were like, well, it looks like there's people already driving down here. And he he just he was like, well, I don't really like that people were driving down there, but. He's like, if you guys can promise me you'll stay off the beans, then you guys can go down there. And it's like, he wasn't mad at us, that other people. He's like, well, now that yeah. someone ruined it, you guys are done. He just mm-hmm. said, someone did it, oh, well, but you guys, I'm letting you guys, like, prove yourselves. Like, you guys can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, I, and I think a big piece of that, the reason why he did that was because of your approach of of how you were able to not, just how you carried yourself in the conversation. I think that was a big role um, in to him uh, kind of trusting you and that knowing that you would make the, the right decision and, and that you would obviously stay off the beans and, and stick to his, his, uh, guidelines, I guess. Yeah. So I, yeah, applaud you on, on that. And, and I think that goes to show, I, I think college students, um, across the country too, I think there's a, a stereotype there of just your stereotypic college student. Um, but I think a lot of, um, students carry themselves with a lot of, um, what's, what's the word? Well, they, they want to, I'd say college students want to carry themselves in a very respectable manner to the landowner. Well, it's like, we want to be polite, but like, it's also, I don't want to embarrass myself either. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're old guys. I want to, I look up to them. They, yeah. they know a lot of stuff. I don't want to embarrass myself in front of them and I want to be polite to them because they just, they probably forgot more than I'll ever know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it, it definitely makes, like, if you prove yourself, and then it, it gives that farmer a chance, like, okay, well, maybe maybe things are turning around. And that's what, like, that's why you got to do that kind of stuff. It's like, we're not we're not, not driving on the field for our, to make our hunt better or not better. It's We want to be able, maybe be able to hunt this field next year again. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to be able to keep it going on. You want to keep the waterfall alive and – you want to keep that trust in there because, I mean, the more farmers that don't want to hunt, the less hunting you're going to be able to do. Like, you can definitely tell in North Dakota the posting has been way up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, everything's a lot more posted. I mean, not all that has to do with – I'm not saying that's all farmers that are mad because it's definitely not. A lot of it's people actually hunting. Hunting, yeah. And they just lease it out, and that's totally okay. But it's it definitely helps out a lot when you prove yourself. And, like, the sign – the one posted sign that we went and asked permission for today, it didn't say like no trespassing, like all right. angry. It was just said ask permission before entering. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like we'll probably give you permission, but we just want to know that you're out there. And that's, I I feel like that was a way better approach at it than like the no trespassing and mm-hmm. and like another thing is like if we be politeful to these har- farmers, I'm hoping that like they'll spread the word. Like hey, I had these really politeful young group of men come up and 
they're from the you know NDSCS, the local college in Wapton, and they were really polite. They asked me for permission. I went out into the field after they were there. They didn't leave a mess or anything. They picked up all their shells, and hopefully that just spread from farmer to farmer. And then when we go to ask for permission, they'll maybe at least hear us out. Yeah, instead of just the no right away. No right away. Yeah, and that's what Adrian just said there. Picking up your garbage, I feel like, is a huge thing. Like, yeah. even on some of the stay lands and stuff, like, we always, you saw today, we always bring with a bucket. We always pick up our shells and stuff. Because mm-hmm. nothing looks worse than when after you just you stack up the ducks and then you leave and you're, you're just got shells just everywhere. Oh. And it's like, like today what's we that found doing? a whole hunting jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you just not like the hunting jacket and leave it there? Like, just yeah. take your stuff with you, man. <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 it doesn't really good. Like, I mean, it's cool finding old shotgun shells every once in a while, but, like, it it's, I don't know. When you find garbage on state land and stuff, it's like, no. you got to clean up after yourself. Like, yeah. we're trying to keep these waters nice and clean, and, I mean, these birds want to, I wouldn't want to be swimming around in a bunch of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was a Boy Scout, and that's, like, the, the first thing they taught you is leave no trace, and. Every time I'm hunting, it's like, got to leave the place better than I found it. Even if it's not my shell or not my garbage, yep. pick it up, take it with you. Yep. It's not, it's like two seconds of work. Yeah, and it, like, you gain a lot from it. You, you feel right. better about yourself, too. To kind of change gears a little bit, uh, talked about a lot of kind of what you guys grew up doing, um, what you guys kind of specialize in, and then kind of where we're at now in college. What are you guys looking forward to this hunting season? I would say freeze out. I'm so psyched. <laughs> like, it gets so crazy out here in North Dakota. Like, once once the ice starts forming on the edges and it starts shrinking up, and it gets crazy. I mean, lots of people come out here, which is great because it moves birds around, but there's just enough birds for everyone, and you can't not have fun. A good snowy day. If you're not having fun sitting in an A-frame with a buddy eater in front of you and it's snowing out and you just got mallards cupped up in your face, if you don't enjoy that, then... <laughs> <laughs> you're in the wrong game. <laughs> it's funny, like you say that, because we're the second weekend of hunting season. You're already looking forward to pretty much the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely the best. It's, <laughs> it's like a bittersweet. <laughs> I would say, honestly, for me, it's just the migration. Because in Wisconsin, the migrators we do see are like, they're so high up. They just, they're gone. They're right past you. So it's like here, you get a chance to hunt the migrators, the big birds, the big ones, you know. Yeah. It's It's going to be fun. I'm gonna have to agree with Jack on that one. The way he, I remember one day, and he came back to class one week, and he was just talking about it. Oh, freeze out in North Dakota! Oh. oh, it's so insane! Oh, we were just, we were just pounding him. He showed me pictures, and I'm like, no way! And honestly, after hearing about that, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty excited to see what that's all gonna be about this yeah, winter. It's, it's a whole different experience. Like you. The one day, uh, last year was a really hard freeze out. It actually didn't freeze out very slow at all. It went from, like, mm-hmm. like warm weather to it was little ponds froze over in, like, two days. And birds moved fast. And the, the one day we sat on the blind, and we probably, we, we never stopped seeing snow geese. It was just a constant trickle of snow geese over us the whole See. day. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy to see, like, all those birds and, like, all the ducks. And, I mean, it's yeah. just amazing. And it just shows that there's that many birds out there like he was like like this weekend it was a little bit harder to find birds like well there are birds out there but they're out there somewhere they're mm-hmm. still coming mm-hmm. yeah there's there's definitely more more to come this <laughs> hunting season yeah it's for sure just crazy but oh uh, you always talk about like we're out here in north dakota we we feel like we're spoiled you went to college in south dakota you should like tell us about that like that's just crazy it's I, about the same thing but yeah but you have the a, birds that like, go through south or go through uh or yeah go through south dakota came from north dakota i know but i just feel like South Dakota is like there's a lot it's, less pressure than North Dakota. It's the place to be. Yeah, I don't know. You, I don't know. I I would say like yeah, there's there's probably a little bit less pressure, but it's I don't know. You're still 
trying to get on good spots and and everything like that. It's I don't I don't, I don't see a big difference between the two honestly. Um, you you still got to put in the miles. Yeah. Uh, that, that that's honestly the biggest thing always is just putting in the miles, doing the scouting, and just try finding the birds. So. I guess going back to the thing you said, who you're looking forward to in the season, I just thought of this bell right now, but I've never hunted the spring snow goose season out here. And we have, we met two buddies from the, actually the same buddies are from Fergus Falls and they, they hunt it and they said they would bring us out. And I'm actually looking forward oh, yeah. to that. Some, <laughs> That's, I'm excited. Yeah. The way they talk that up, that just sounds like a crazy time. Like sometimes they said, sometimes you do a lot of work for no birds and sometimes you do a, mm-hmm. no, work no work for, for a lot, lot of birds. birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm excited for that. It'd be cool to see that. And yeah, I'm, that's, I'm pumped for that too. Yeah. Cause like, the, just the idea of hunting birds in the spring, yeah. it's just, like, besides turkeys, obviously, but it's, like, it, it feels weird to me. Like, it feels, like, almost, like, cheating. Like, it feels, like, illegal, but it's, <laughs> in North Dakota, it's not. You can, it's well, legal. So snow, snow geese. geese. Yeah. Snow geese, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what we're not doing no dog. Yeah, no, go shoot our six, man. I, I, I think, yeah. <laughs> it's fun talking to the guys that chase, yeah, the snows in the spring because it's, like, they they wonder why they do it, and then until that that big flock of snows does it right. It's like that makes it all worth it. Yeah. Well, some of the videos. I mean, you see those videos all over Instagram. There's and stuff, All those tornadoes of geese, yeah. and then they just lace into them. And it seems like those geese are falling for like five minutes, and that mm-hmm. just amazes me. It's like wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine that that many birds coming straight down on top of you and just yeah. laying there. And they have the, out of all of those eyeballs, not a single one knows that you're there. Yeah, or <laughs> they do, and they just follow the game. It seems like a lot of birds, like ducks and stuff, like the back of the group's kind of like skidding off but that one bird turns and the rest of them are like okay follow <laughs> <laughs> the leader all yeah. the way down yep. Simon says <laughs> mm-hmm. now there's a lot of opportunities in uh, in North Dakota and then just the Dakotas in general um, I think and I think one one topic that gets always brought up I feel like with the Dakotas is the out of state pressure how has, like, given that we all kind of experienced that, I mean, South Dakota State and then you guys all coming into North Dakota, like, how have you guys experienced kind of any positive or negative, I guess, perspectives that you might have come across in the field being out of staters? Well, I would say last weekend we had kind of, well, I, I guess it wasn't out of staters, but just like pressure and normal we had another group set up by us and when they would shoot the birds that they wouldn't get would be pushed over to us so that was a chance for us to get more birds towards our limit yeah we're helping each other out pushing birds back mm-hmm. and forth on the pond and they just kept going back and forth it was a big pond so mm-hmm. but i i feel like like everyone's like oh like you once you come out you're like now we're like considered student residents mm-hmm. and now it's like oh well, now all the people have to come out here but like can you we, I used to be that guy coming out here yeah. from a different state, and it, it's just hard. Like, everyone loves the sport. I mean, everyone wants to have the spot. Like, it's hard to, like, oh, those guys got the spot. Like, I wish there was them. But it's like everyone's got it. Like, they enjoy, the, they enjoy the sport, too. Like, they're having a good time. Like, you can't be mad at yeah. anyone for going out hunting. It's like mm-hmm. even if they get the spot before you, like, they're going to go have a good time. And mm-hmm. you got to just keep trying. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the game. You got your way. If, ever, if you got the best spot every time, then no one else would hunt. <laughs> And I kind of want to make a note for the audience, too. And it's not just the Dakotas. It happens all across the country where people are coming into into the state and hunting. And I think you're seeing more and more of that just over time because of just the, tra- just the 
the amount of information being shared in today's digital age, I think, is people are seeing the successes of others in these areas. Um, and I think, oh, where was I going with this? That Yeah. In those, er- in those areas. And then, yeah, those consumers or hunters making those decisions to commit to the travel costs of going out there for a given weekend or two, or it's an annual trip that they might make out um, to put on the books every year. So it's not just the Dakotas that experience the out-of-state hunters, but I think, yeah, the, the topic of it, it's, it's very interesting to me just to, to, to discuss it. And I like your, your answer of kind of, you kind of just have to work with it, um, in a sense. And I think where we're at is we kind of have to look for a solution of how can we, better this and and i think one thing that is a a possible solution is like when you look at out-of-state hunters that that comes up because of just the um i would say the density of hunters you could say in accessible land that you can actually hunt so it's just more encounters with out-of-state hunters in these areas because there are potentially less ground that we can hunt so what are your guys's thoughts on that yeah, there's definitely a lot, like, as the years have gone, like, when I came up here when I was younger with my dad, it seemed like there wasn't nearly as much stuff posted as there is now. Like, a lot of stuff gets, a lot more stuff's posted now, which it, it forces a lot of hunters to hunt, like, closer together. Like, a lot more people hunt state land now. Like, you can't, you're not going to be the only ones that hunt state land. And it's hard to find a, pri- like, a, it's hard to find, like, the North Dakota field is, like, not posted, not posted online. Like, you can just go out there and hunt. It's hard to find that now. And, like, now North Dakota is almost, I would say, permission state like yeah it's it's very rarely if you're in an area with good birds and you the field's not posted i i feel like that's pretty rare mm-hmm. like I mean, there's lots of fields out here that aren't posted but it's usually because there's not really that many birds in the area like north dakota everyone thinks like the whole state's just amazing but it, you definitely dial it down to a few spots in the state because and it's like you say everybody's like everybody thinks that north dakota's an amazing state but it's like a lot of it's posted, so you got to have backup plans because you can't always rely on your that first field to be a reliable option because the landowner could say no or last minute could be like, hey, I have a a friend that's going to hunt the field instead. you got to have backup options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we experienced that. We, we did experience times that. This yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hunting in these areas, you definitely always, oh, you should always have a backup plan. Um, but no, I, that's. I appreciate you guys answering because, yeah, it's something that I think a lot of people kind of question um, and just have a lot of opinions on. Yeah, it's I feel like it's definitely a very touchy subject for a lot of people. Yeah. And it, you always hear about, like, so many hunters getting each other's throats about who's really been to the spot. And I feel like in the long run, we all just have to realize that we're all out here for the same reason. Cause we, we all love enjoy this, it. We yeah. all enjoy it. Like. If we if we're just gonna fight over it the whole time, then how is that enjoying? Like, right? Tell, I don't think anyone's ever been like, "Oh, I, that was such a fun hunt. I'm so excited that we fought the whole time. <laughs> we didn't shoot any birds." <laughs> I think yeah, like it takes time to to see the issue, and it takes time to come to a solution. So I think I think right now we're in a phase of we re, we know the, what the issue is, and I think we're in a transition period where we're looking for a solution, yep. and, and it's just a matter of time. I feel like another thing, too, is everyone, like, a lot of people look at the bad a lot more than they look at the good. Like, how many other hunters do we talk to this weekend that were 
We oh, never met one were, that was mean. Were, everyone no, was they nice. Were so nice. Everyone, like everyone just looks at the the few times that it did not go well. Right. When and majority of the hunters out here are amazing guys. And I mean, we we talked to one guy for like twenty minutes. He was just out here hunting with his two daughters. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can get any like, more better than that. If if we would have been going to a spot and that guy would have been there, I probably would have been like, you know what, you can hunt here because yeah. you've got kids. Yeah. They 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 would enjoy this. Yeah. You. I'm not gonna take that away from them. Yeah. They but, they deserve to get back into the sport too. Yeah. Like I was that kid once. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like also what you were saying is like everybody only pictures it as the bad because like people only post the bad stuff online. Like they post it cuz it'll get them it'll get them famous. It'll get them content. Yep. You're like hunters coming together and you know having a good time together. That's it might get you a few views and stuff, but it's not going to get you the same amount of views as people posting Guys yelling at each other and stuff, and mm-hmm. yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't get into it with you guys. With uh, yeah, just kind of the cl- the social media, uh, yeah, the click. I will just call it the clickbaits. Yeah, well, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's hard like not to be like, oh, I kind of want to watch, and you kind of do get into it. It's like like stuff like that. That's what kind of gives us a bad name. When in reality, like this weekend, like we said, we met. We met so many nice people that were so just willing nice to work people. with us. Like, mm-hmm. we got out to that stay line today, and there was another truck out there, and they weren't like, "Oh, like you guys are in our spot." They're just like, "Where are you guys hunting?" We're like, "Oh, we're over there." Like, "Okay, we're just we're just gonna go over there and hunt that pond." And it's like, "Okay, perfect." And then we hunted. We neither of us were too yeah. close to each other or anything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a lot of the people that come out here. It's just the good times don't get highlighted nearly as much. Right, as the, the bad, bad times are the ones that. <laughs> one thing I find myself. <laughs> one thing I find myself with a, is like sometimes I feel like I get too focused on the pile. Like yeah. I just need to pile up the birds. Like oh, we didn't pile up the birds this weekend. Or it's, I had a I had a huge like realizing that I think it was like my junior junior or senior year, and I was like, I, the there was one hunt I just came home from, and we were supposed to have an amazing hunt, and I just we shot like barely any ducks, and I was just so furious. <laughs> and I got home and I sat down and I'm like, I went out hunting, and we still shot some ducks. It wasn't a bad day, and I I'm mad that we didn't pile up the ducks. Like, am I really doing this for the right reason? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was like kind of like today, like last weekend. Obviously, we shot a lot well, we of ducks. And then today, it's like we shot four ducks all day. But and I was I I was a little frustrated. And then at the end of the day, I was like, you know still what? Still had a good time. I I didn't have still to do homework today. I didn't have to go to school today. I got to go out in nature and enjoy myself. Yeah, and we sh- we shot a c- we got this kid's first cans back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you gotta love that. Yeah, love it. That. It was unreal experience. I don't think any of us will ever forget that sound. No, <laughs> that was that the was, most majestic sound I've ever heard. <laughs> just whoosh. Like that's that's why stuff like that, the little things, yes. is why I think you should be into it, not just the oh we gotta pile up the birds. Not we just to make the, other people jealous. Shoot, shoot on the prettiest How big birds. of a pile you got? And yeah. I feel like a lot of it's just people's egos. They're chasing egos. They want other people to realize like, hey, I'm I'm better than you. Basically, yeah. is what I think a part of it is. I'm not saying that that's what all of it is, but I'm saying that that. That's probably an aspect that gets into some people's heads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it's hard not it's hard to get frustrated, yeah, not frustrated yeah. sometimes. But I don't know. And you get into that like the intricacies of that. It's like, does is it on purpose too? Is it no? Their, it's, yeah. Is is that their true? Like, are they doing that on purpose? Like, to come across more yeah. dominant or whatever. It's like I don't think so. I think it's just kind of just human nature in, yeah. in a yeah. sense as well. So I mean, who doesn't love showing their buddies of just a day right. where you have, like, if you talk to someone about their hunting day, most of the time, the first thing that would get brought up is their best day. 
That's true. No one ever starts out. It's like, oh, well, this one day we, we shot four ducks, but we got a, we got a canvas back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we should mention on this hunt, like I said earlier, we were going to talk about Kent's. This is the first time I ever got to hunt with Kent's new shells, the Kent Fast Steel Plus. What are you guys' thoughts? I I thought it was great. I mean, that one, that canvas back that Austin shot, he yeah, hit that just, thing. It, it came was just down swooped harder. right down, just whoosh. It was and a, I, I don't know, with the Pattern Master and the Kent, I just sent it, and it it dropped for a shot. It, it was, it was a big moving. Duck and it yeah. dropped for a it, shot. It was a large, really large duck, and it dropped right away. Yeah, and there was a, I think there was a teal that we shot, and it was still crippled, so we had to shoot off the water. And you can see when that thing, sh- like when it hit the water, right. you can see the pattern. It it's, patterns. It's great. like a nice tight line, like oh, kind of how you want yeah. it. It's not, yeah. sometimes you shoot those shells, and it's like a pocket, and then you got like BBs everywhere, but it was just a solid tight. Like it, I never got, thought about that looking at that today. I wish I would have. Hopefully. We we get a shot of I, I, tomorrow morning. I feel like I realized yeah. it because I mean we that's, were shooting, that's what we I was were shooting for. that federal. Yeah. Two, we were shooting that federal four shot last weekend, and I feel like like when you when you shot that one teal, I was like, "Holy buckets!" It's like, ca- it kind of spread out. A little just bit. looking at the, the water, just yeah. how how many kind of outliers from the main yeah. pattern. Yeah, yeah, like it seemed like it was way more centered than mm, kind of spread out. The the one like the thing I'm the most impressed about is that the boxes stayed dried. Like yes. <laughs> they yes. were in soggy conditions and they didn't soak up the wetness they stayed dry and i noticed that they like compared to other ammo boxes they have almost like a plastic film on them or something that yeah. like kind of like keeps them dry like and that impressed yeah. me a lot because i was always like that's like my number one pet peeve when it comes to hunting is my <laughs> ammo boxes always got soggy oh my God. even I, if they were in a blind bag last weekend i have box ammos in my box yeah. right now the boxes are just they look They're like destroyed. they got sitting out in a field for a year yeah now, is that a quality that you look for in a product when making a decision to, 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 seems, to an extent? It seems, <laughs> it seems ridiculous, but if I'm like, if there's two ammos that are very similar, um, that that would be a deciding point if the price point is relatively the same, too. <laughs> I feel like, like if I'm would... looking at box A and box B and one has a better box, <laughs> I, I'm probably going to get the one with the better box if it's similar. Quality-wise, not the pretty picture in the well, front. Well, no, right. exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I should know, Kent does have a pretty good picture. They do. They, they, they have a really good is, picture. I do like yes, that picture. Yes. Yeah. It, I feel like in the store, you don't really think about that. I, I didn't really think about it at all, to be honest, until AJ said something. But once he said something, like, like you realize it a lot more like – with those those boxes get like kind of flimsy, your shells end up all over your. Oh, and it's just so annoying. You're trying to grab shells. They get shells get dirty. Like they'll they get, get dirty. grass on them, right. and that yeah. you know that everybody knows that's not really the greatest thing to be putting <laughs> through your gun. <laughs> Dirt on your shells. That's probably shouldn't be doing that, but we're all probably guilty of that at one point <laughs> or another. So to wrap this conversation up, so the quality's there, but the boxes outperforms <laughs> the quality. Yeah, the boxes. Boxes. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. Hopefully we get on some divers tomorrow cuz that I want to see how they knock down divers. Yeah, I feel like that's probably the hardest thing with shells is divers go down hard. And like it was it was it was actually satisfying to see that canvas back. That, he he did. I was I was watching through the camera and, and like it was like it split second I I was able to get it on camera, but I like First shot, just one shot, that sucker dropped. I was like, yeah, yeah. And it, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, and that that's a hard thing. Like you, if you can get a consistent shell to drop divers, like divers is probably one. Of, divers and geese are probably some of the hardest mm-hmm. birds to bring down. Like you see some of those divers coming in the water, you see like I hit that thing like three times. That thing probably has holes all over it, but those things just keep on trucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another thing with divers is if you shoot them crippled, a lot of those divers they dive and. Yeah, that's just—it's horrible chasing. Down. If you can hit a, you can hit them good, and that's why I like I shoot that pattern master, and 
it hits him hard. Mm-hmm. That's, hopefully, that, I can't seem like it was patterning amazing yeah. through it. it was through hitting the those pattern masters, yeah, yeah, it seemed like it was doing really good. I don't even shoot guns, but I could see where my ammo was going. Yeah, mm-hmm. right into my hand decoy. <laughs> right into <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Yeah, you got to tell this story. We were, you were talking up, so, uh, yeah, Jack uh, all morning was talking up his redhead AVNX decoys. They look so good, <laughs> and I, no one will ever tell me differently. Yeah, they were, they were looking so good out there, and then. This teal comes swinging in. And first, probably first, second teal of the day. Maybe. Yeah, I was, I was actually worried for a little bit. She was about to pepper AJ's. Uh, yeah, I was, spinner. I was sweating there for a little bit. As she, I saw that. I'm like, please don't shoot my spinner. <laughs> but yeah, that thing got up close and personal. And if she would have waited probably another second, I probably would have lost like three or four decoys. But it, it clipped the back of one. There was one hole in the back, but. It didn't look like it was anywhere low enough to k- take on water, but it was it was a close call. Uh, at least you don't have any lost soldiers yet. Unfortunately, last weekend I I lost two brave souls. They yeah. are uh, a little can, holy. I know you can blame for that one, and it's not me. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little bit on our part, our fault. Not he really. was he was a new hunter. We probably should have explained not to shoot the one. Explained not to shoot the one. Right next to my decoys. <laughs> but you, you live and you learn, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least it was yours. <laughs> yeah. I bought, granted, mine are probably a little less expensive than yours. Yep, yep. Another thing with, like, being on the X, I feel like another huge thing that a lot of people don't really think much about is, like, cover and, like, blinds and stuff. Right. Cover is huge for, for both. Yes. Yep. Like if especially those, like, especially early season geese. Yeah. Well, even late, like, late season. I mean, if some some, like days you get into like snow and stuff it doesn't seem like the birds really care they just want to get on the ground but some of those hunts like your cover is probably your most important thing like you can if you're on the x you could throw out a okay decoys yeah. and those birds are still going to come mm-hmm. in but if you if you, you got some that's going to flare in those geese and they can like something's not right if they right. feel off and they're they're just going to short stop you or they're just not even going to come in like i feel like cover is huge in this like game and well yeah it's crazy How? it's crazy How? to think like back in the day our dad's like my dad he Red had like flannel. the first he had the first layout blind, and he was like, yeah, this is the f- when the first layout blind came out. This is what they were. And there's just this huge, bulky – I'm like, what did you guys have with this before that? He's like, we just laid in the field. Yeah, that's what that's what I did. We would just use – we we would hunt, like, chiseled cornfields, and we would take massive blobs or, like, clobs of dirt, put them in, like, a – kind of just, like, a human circuit or oval or whatever, and we would just literally lay in that. Yeah. And my dad would just say, do not move. Just don't move. Yeah. It, and we would just lay there in yeah. the decoys. And that's crazy. Now everyone's out there with these, like, everyone's got blinds brushed up to nothing. The birds, they're getting smarter. Mm-hmm. They like, are going getting from that, smarter. Like, I feel like that first layout blind, you that thing just must have been a goose killer. Because yeah. like, they didn't know. They didn't yeah. know. It's like, oh, there's a little bush in the field. Oh, well. Now, they, now they're looking at those bushes like, something about to pop out and shoot me. Yeah, that, <laughs> they're, they're like, something's not right here. Yeah. and It's a lethal yeah. bush. Yeah, lethal bush. Yeah, you just wonder what they're looking for when yeah. when they're like approaching a field, like they're scanning or the hunt. I know every time I try and hunt an A-frame, I try and take the cover from the back and just try to make it warp over to the front just to, you know, cover up a little bit more. Like yeah. it probably doesn't do a whole lot, but it just to cover up a little bit more. Just breaking it up makes it yeah. such a big difference. Just got to break up the patterns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It all depends on where your birds are working you from. Like, if you have birds coming from a roost whale in front of you and they're not really going to get high enough to look into your A-frame, you could probably get away yeah. with a little bit more. But, like, if you got birds that like – you hunt migrators, Comes, yeah. you better be, like – because those geese are going to be looking down, straight down on you for they're gonna probably be a couple minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think too, yeah, with 
kind of looking at your environment as well and seeing if you can play off of any of the just natural pieces there. Like sometimes in like wheat fields, there might be more stubble in a certain area that like that piled up um, from from the combine, and so maybe you can lay your lay or your layouts in or up against those and kind of extend off of those. So I think playing off of things like that as well, or if there's obviously like a pivot or something, or tree lines, those those types of things to kind of help you blend in with, blend with in the your, surroundings. Um, A-frame or any blind with um, natural cover always. That's what we did yeah. last weekend yeah. is we were hunting that pasture pond and there was a like a thicket of willows behind us. So we, we had a few of them and we put them in our A-frame just oh. to kind of – Make it blend in more. We disappeared, but we also paid a little bit of a price. We brushed the those willows were really hard to yeah. set up through and shoot. It took us. How long do you think it took us to brush that in? Oh gosh, a it long took a time. long time. Yeah, we for open. We probably went a little bit extreme for opening day ducks, but we were not about it. to take chances. Yeah, it was worth. It was an amazing hunt. And we never. We had a few birds like shortstop us, but we didn't have anything flare. And no. I don't. I don't think they were shortstopping us because they saw something. I just yeah. think they were just local birds and they're they flying around in twos and ones and. A lot of the ducks are just swimming around twos and ones out in the middle of the lake anyway. Like, they didn't look like they want to win by yeah. anyone. So, mm-hmm. but One thing I had uh, kind of crossed in my mind this morning when it was at, what time were we out there, 3 o'clock? I think we got two. up there at, like, 2. 2, two, two 3 o'clock in the morning. This was going through my head. Like, I was kind of just wading through the water and, and stuff. Uh, with Campus Waterfowl, we were doing this research tour, and, and through that, I was I've been able to learn just a lot more about just wetlands, a little bit more about the sciences and things to look for, especially like characteristics of wetlands. Of like, there's like there's two pieces of, of water. Those waters are two ve- like bodies of water are two very separate things. They have two different ro- like roles in the environment that they can, um, and just how they were structured, whether they're built or naturally placed, where they're at in the uh, watershed, like all these things I've learned about just kind of wetlands and the things that we hunt every single day. And it's like a lot of hunters, I feel like try to learn as much as possible about ducks and like the game that they're chasing. But I don't think, I think that's only like 50% of hunting. Like I think hunters forget about, there's so much more about the habitat. I think they need to learn about. And, and I think if, hunters would put in the time to learn about these habitats that that would up their game even tremendously yeah, i agree a hundred percent because like the other weekend we were hunting that one and the one it was a bigger pond and we were shooting divers and we were like man divers on a like i mean obviously north dakota is probably not as yeah. big of a deal that divers on ponds but then we seen some like crate crayfish mm-hmm. going back to the water and we seen some little minnows and jack was like oh well, now we know why the divers are here. They we, they got this food here. Yeah, it's like wow. I didn't yeah, it was, it was, I mean, if it went to rain, we would have had no idea that those crayfish were in there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I think, and like, you take a step back because in science, I feel like you can always take a step back of figuring out okay, why are those fish there? Yep. And right. so one thing I learned at South Dakota or not South Dakota State, um, when I was at Iowa State this last summer, it's like okay, you got things to look for out of wetland is like inflows and outflows of this wetland. And so if it's if there's an inflow and outflow, obviously there's a spot for fish to come in and, and to go out. And so obviously if you're targeting maybe um, like divers, obviously, like there's res- there's ways for resources to come into those habitats and, and to leave that. And so like that, the, like just ha- looking for those inflows and outflows when you're scouting is like, okay, maybe this, this wetland would be a better spot than this other one 
to go for divers more specifically. But if maybe if you're looking for puddlers, well, yes, there's an inflow and outflow, but then depending on the wetland too, like there's a lot of characteristics that go into it. And so you look at a different wetland, it's more shallow. There's more, uh, more kind of duck food for puddlers and everything. So you look at that one, it's like, okay, there's probably going to be puddlers more going to be sitting on this one yeah. compared to this other piece of wetland. Yeah, and sometimes you can see that with, like, two ponds. Like, we saw yeah. that. Like, all the two, the two, most of the two we were shooting were coming out of this back area. It was shallow, mucky. And all the divers were shooting from coming from across the lake where it's deeper. Deeper, and, yeah. yeah. Like, you could definitely tell. Like, like I said, I never really thought about it, but then when you were talking about that right there, I was like, you know, thinking about that, watching where these ducks are coming from, that makes a lot, like, it, you can mm-hmm. definitely yeah, realize. just watching where they sit on the water. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's just trying to figure out. And it's like, yeah, you see these divers out in that pond that we were looking at this afternoon. It's like, okay, why did they go on in that part of the pond rather than the other side? Yep. Or you, you're trying to always just figure that out. And I think we try to fit, we, we try to stress, like, trying to understand the duck where it's like, maybe it's not the duck. Maybe it's the piece of land that they're yeah, on. The duck's or, trying to survive, too. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I, I think that that's kind of a fun thing that hunters can, can go maybe looking into or trying to find more information about going into this hunting season. And I'll, I'll throw campus waterfowl in the mix of, of, a, of a resource to potentially learn some of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's kind of just where I was able to learn these types of stuff. So you did a lot of research. Did you do research on that? I think they're called scuds. Scuds. They're like, uh, they're like a, they're kind of like a, like a, I think they're like a, like they're like a bug in the water kind of. Mm-hmm. They're, they're divers eat them like crazy. I, I think they're called scuds. We haven't done a lot of that. That would be something that I would like to do for the next season of the research tour is yeah, possibly a, like a diver know, research study. I know there used to be scuds like all over the place on North Dakota and Minnesota and stuff. And that with, with the walleyes getting introduced to some of these lakes, mm. the walleyes would eat the scuds. I think that's what they're called. And that's what actually had a, a big influence on like bluebills used to be a really popular duck. There used to be a lot of them around. You used to be able to shoot. Like there used to be like a, you could used to be able to shoot extra of them like you couldn't hmm. teal, but now they're kind of going away and it was a lot because of the, they they're mainly relied on that scud as a food source. Interesting. But I don't like quote me one hundred percent, but I, I think they're called scuds. Uh, my dad was talking to me about them because he said they used to we used to have a pond by our house that had scuds in it, but then they started putting walleyes in it and all the scuds got the, there's still scuds no, in it, but the divers didn't go there as much because the walleyes ate a lot more of the food. Interesting. Hmm. Things you learned. Growing up, I was always the one getting taught. But it's it's fun like getting people into the sport. Like today, Austin shot that canvas back. I couldn't have been more happy. Like, so I excited. I wouldn't have wanted anyone. Like I wouldn't have wanted to shoot mm-hmm. that myself. Like having him shoot that, it was just like so amazing. Like it's like it feels so good to get someone else that like enjoys it and just like can, you can see the joy in them. Like yep. that sparkle in their eye that you had when you were. Oh yeah, and we got it all on camera for it. <laughs> yeah, so. that was. It was. It'll be cool to see it all on camera, the whole hunt, and yep. replay yep. it again. And I say this, every, I, I feel like I say this every trip I go on. The best part about what I get to do is, like, make these videos for you guys. And it's like, yes, they'll go on YouTube and uh, people will watch them for the first, whatever, week or two or whatever. But, week, like, in a life, lifespan, two weeks is nothing. So you'll be able to watch this video when you're 30, 40, 50, 60, all the way. And when, when we're all gone... The people that knew you will be able to watch this as well. So yeah, I, f- I feel like I have, di- crazy I have a different look at it after like yesterday and today. Like I was like coming into this, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like I'm gonna be on YouTube. We're gonna be hunting and like like he's gonna be filming what we're doing and stuff. And now I'm just like, it was just awesome just to meet you and like yeah, yeah. learn <laughs> your experiences from a different 
area and like it's always nice to hear different uh points yeah. of view and mm-hmm. different ideas like, and see how different people do things and uh, yeah, like I just even, share ideas that's the best yeah i've barely even been thinking about the youtube video <laughs> no i mean no. Yeah, i've been, th- I've just been just thinking been about just thought. like hunting just hanging out just yeah. hanging out <laughs> getting <laughs> like, to know you tomorrow's just, another day right yeah it's we're just, just like, another day of hunting yeah, yeah, yeah i forgot you were recording after a while I'm, well, I've been holding that darn pie all freaking weekend. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that, that pie was good. That was really good. That was a really good pie. I don't think many waterfall hunters can say that they've had a pie in two different states and then ate it. <laughs> almost almost three different states. We need, we need a little backstory here. Yeah, I feel like we were leaving out some major I, I, con. I think this one is uh, Austin. Yeah, this too. is all Austin. Austin is the pie guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so last night we got a little hungry on our way back and it was getting pretty late so we're like well let's just go to the fry pie frying pan for those of you who don't know <laughs> it's a little local restaurant here that all the college kids like to indulge in when it's late <laughs> so we go to the fry pie and you know we eat and then as well a couple i don't know probably what like a month ago yeah we went we went to the fry pie late one night and then somebody's like austin we should buy a pie. So you said we should buy no, a pie. Yeah, no, you were the one that wanted, you wanted the pie. Okay. <laughs> I think it was a mutual idea, but anyways, so we got a pie. And then like, so then last night when we were there, we I was like, we should get a pie just, just because. So then we bought a pie and then all, so then we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll eat this tomorrow after we're done brushing the A-frame. And so we're brushing the A-frame. We get done. We don't eat the pie. Um, then we, we're hunting. We're like, after the first one, we'll eat the pie. We don't eat the pie. Um, we take it out in the truck. Uh, I bring it out to the blind. We bring it back to the truck. Um, then we, um, we take it scouting with us. <laughs> the, so this, this pie was in South Dakota, basically. We weren't, we weren't scouting in South Dakota. No, we were we going were. to ask for permission in yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then we get back and then finally we, uh, we ate it. And it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Thinking that that pie has, it, it, by the time we opened the box, it was like the the, the topping was like kind of smushed to the top of the box. It was, yeah. it was still pretty. So it was, it was still good. So earlier, Derek said something about him having a he he might have to get a pie next time he goes hunting and get a pumpkin spice pie for <laughs> for Halloween or something or like that or just a pumpkin pie for Halloween just <laughs> to stick with the theme. And so we got a banana pie. So I think he was just implying that we're bananas, like. Yeah, yeah like, he had that's to, exactly yeah. what I was implying. Yeah, yeah, that's just kind of what I thought. <laughs> you guys are the ones that picked the pie, though, so. Oh, uh, <laughs> shoot, I don't we, know. You got to pick, choose between. I, I know who Pecan. picked the pie. What? I know who picked the pie. Who picked the pie? Oh, that's uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so she's calling between, us all bananas. So it's between pecan. I mean, you guys kind of are. Pecan, <laughs> what was coconut cream pie and banana chocolate? <laughs> banana chocolate. It was it was it was pretty much banana. I didn't I don't think there was chocolate. There was no chocolate there. there. Yeah. It was all banana. It was just like a uh, chocolate, chocolate shaving sprinkle or shaving yeah. at the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah frying pan shout out or we or we got to call it shout uh, frying pan put more chocolate in your yeah yeah banana yeah. chocolate pies. It was chocolate. Like, they already made the sticker. There's like <laughs> that much chocolate and like that uh, much banana. <laughs> it was banana chocolate pie. Right, right. Oh man, shoot! All right, well we're at eight o'clock where we're at. Um, we got another. You guys got a secret, not a secret recipe, but like a quick and easy recipe. Quick and easy. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know if we're gonna record that tonight or mm. tomorrow after the hunt. We can do either or. Depending. We better. We better do it tonight. 
Got need, a, need a little yeah. late night snack. I think Austin's getting a little hungry. No, yeah. I'm not getting hungry. I'm just saying we better do it now, otherwise we're gonna forget about it. Yeah, you bad. just want to sleep after hunting tomorrow. That's exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I need to sleep I mean, before Monday. Did you get enough sleep today? No. You're like riding the roller coaster in the truck. Yeah, today. yeah. I think you got more sleep than any of us. <laughs> well, I mean, your truck is so bumpy. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> well, I think you guys feel good about the podcast. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. it was uh, a blast. All right, well, I appreciate you guys letting me come up here. Oh, yeah, thank we you. Appreciate it's, appreciate it's been a blast. You're welcome back anytime. Appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> if you want to come back, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we might scare him away. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I'd I'd love to love to come back up here. It's always fun uh, getting back up to the Dakotas and, and going out into the field. So, um, but no, appreciate you guys sitting down for the hour. Uh, having this conversation, I hope our listeners at home or on the road were able to take a uh, learn a few things, have a couple laughs, um, and in, enjoyed this podcast. So um, I'm not sure where we're going to be at next in our collegiate waterfowl tour. We might just do another shout out on our Instagram page. <laughs> um, you know, AJLB. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll do fine. <laughs> do it. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, appreciate you guys' support for listening. Um, yeah, be be sure to listen to old uh, older podcasts. Uh, there's a lot of good information out there uh, for you t- for you to take. I think going into this hunting season, um, but that's gonna do it here in North Dakota at North Dakota State College of Science. We'll see you in the next one.